I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first, and also to the Greek. And good morning, we welcome you to Gospel Dynamite, a Christian broadcast dedicated to the winning of the lost and the edification of God's saints. Gospel Dynamite is a ministry of Asbury Baptist Church located at 218 Asbury Church Road, Seagrove, North Carolina. I invite you to visit our church on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. and Wednesday evenings at 7 o'clock. You're also invited to visit our website, www.asburybaptist.org. In addition, you can reach more messages and more Bible teaching on gospeldynamite.org as well. Now will you join me in studying the Word of God? You're listening to Gospel Dynamite. Thank you for joining us. I invite you to turn to Revelation chapter 21 as we look at verses 1 through 8. Revelation 21 verses 1 through 8. And I saw a new heaven and new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth was passed away, and there was no more sea. And I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people. And God himself shall be with them and be their God. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, Neither sorrow nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. And he that sat upon the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said unto me, Write, for these words are true and faithful. And he said unto me, It is done. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give unto him that is a thirst of the fountain of the water of life freely. And he that overcometh shall inherit all things, and I will be his God, and he shall be my son. But the fearful, and unbelieving, and the abominable, and murderers, and whoremongers, and sorcerers, and idolaters, and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone which is the second death. This is a beautiful text, as is all of the Scripture. However, this verse reminds us that we have something great and glorious to look forward to. The Bible says John is giving testimony that he saw a new heaven and earth, a new earth. Now, the word here used for new in Greek literally means new in quality. It means explicit design, exquisite design. It means radiant. It means pure. It means holy. John is seeing this with his own eyes. And he is seeing this as a holy city. The new Jerusalem coming down from God out of heaven. And the Bible says, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. 
Now, before we get too far ahead, we remember the scripture saying in 2 Peter chapter 3 and verse 7 that our Lord is going to refurbish, renovate this earth with fire. He's going to purify this earth with fire. What we're seeing here in Revelation 21 is the Lord giving us a brand new heaven and a new earth. In verse 3, we have a wonderful promise. I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he, speaking of the Lord Jesus Christ, will dwell with them, and they shall be his people, and God himself shall be with them and be their God. Now, my friend, according to the word of God, every person who is saved, who is born again, 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 11 says they are pilgrims, they're strangers. And as we make our way through this world, we see there are many elements of this life that trouble us, that hinder us. My friend, we're headed home. The Bible says in John chapter 14, verses 1 through 3, in my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again. But my friend, until that time, we're here on this earth and we have this flesh to deal with. We're still, we're still sinners. We're saved by grace, but we're still sinners. We still have evil bullies, if you will like death and disease, discouragement, depression, and the devil himself that makes our journey home treacherous and difficult. But when I read a passage like Revelation 21, verses 1 through 8, I am reminded that every one of the things that trouble us here will not be allowed to follow us home. The fact of the matter is, in Revelation 21, verses 1 through 3, John is seeing a wonderful picture that is still yet future that we have to look forward to, a new heaven, a new earth, because the first, and the first heaven and the first earth are passed away, and there's no more sea. God's going to eliminate the sea to a great extent, or maybe even in completion. But nevertheless, that's not for us to focus on. The Lord will handle that completely. John is letting us know that he sees this. Now, when we began the study in Revelation, we defined some Greek words that helped us understand exactly what John is trying to convey to us. On a repetitive basis, John says, I, John, saw. I saw. The word saw is the Greek word edo, and it literally means that John was experiencing this in real time. John was seeing this. He's not repeating a second or third-hand account. He is giving us a first-hand account of what the Lord is showing him. Now, verse 4 is tremendously relevant to the Christian's life today and the Christian's future. The Bible says, and God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. 
God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. It is noteworthy, it is definitely worth mentioning that the Bible distinctly says that God will wipe away all tears, but where the location of this is, is directly after the great white throne, and in this instance, it is actually after the millennial kingdom. God is going to wipe away all our tears. According to the scripture, I don't find any trace or implication or inference that there will be tears from this day forward. The Bible says in the text, and there shall be no more death. There's no, be, no more sorrow, nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain. For the former things are passed away. And thank the Lord, in verse 5, he said, Behold, I make all things new. Now, my friend, this is the most beautiful passage that you will ever understand, especially if you're suffering right now. Because what you understand, must come to understand, is that what troubles you here in this life, in this world, will not, cannot follow you home to that world. Now, I know some of you are defeated. I know some of you are discouraged. I know some of you are disillusioned today. But I want you to know, it's not going to last forever. There is a better day coming. There is something better for the believer. Jesus Christ is coming, and he is coming very, very quickly when he does. The Bible has given us over and over morsels of truth all woven in the pages of the Word of God, which is all true, morsels of truth and gold nuggets that we can live on, that we can feast on. Paul wrote in Romans chapter 8 and verse 18, For I reckon that the suffering of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 17, Paul would reiterate exactly what he gave there. And what a blessing this verse is as well. Chapter 4 and verse 17. Where Paul says, For which cause we think not, in verse 16, But though our outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. I want to take this passage and I want to show you some of life's bullies, life's bullies that will not follow you home to glory. Number one, I want to show you in verse four, sorrow will not follow you home. There's no denying in this life that it's a life filled with trouble, trials, and tragedy. Every day we hear accounts of diseases, we hear discouragements, deaths, distresses, but this is how the Bible said it would be. But my friend, there is coming a better day. There isn't a person under the sound of my voice who has come this far in the journey of life unscathed by the very troubles that we hear of all over this country, all over this world. In fact, many of you, if not all of you, bear the scars of your journey on your heart, in your mind, or in your body. 
Now, many things in your life have not gone as you planned them. And you know what sorrow is all about. And that's a lot of every human being who's ever lived or will ever live on this earth. But according to verse 4, the troubles and trials of this life cannot follow us home. When we leave this world, whether it be by the rapture or the graveyard, there are just some things that cannot go with us. Think about it. Think about death. In heaven, no one will ever die. There will never be graves dug in glory. Never again will grief-stricken loved ones stand beside the body of a departed soul that's gone into death. Sorrow will never be in that land. The word sorrow here refers to sorrow or grief of any kind. It speaks of all the pains, the troubles, the heartaches we experience here in this life. Every one of us has disappointments, trials, problems, loss of friends, property, death of loved ones, persecutions, our own failures. Every bit of that is in view here. Now truly, this life is a life of heartache and sorrow. But not one of those things, not one of those things will trouble us over there. The Bible says, Crying will not be in our vocabulary. The word has the idea of an outburst or an outcry. It refers to those times when we're absolutely overwhelmed and we're broken by the events of life. Speaks about those times when we're at the very end of our ropes, the very breaking point. My friend, that'll never happen in glory. Life may trouble you here, but it cannot follow you home. Crying may trouble you here and frequent you here, but it cannot follow you home. Here's another thing. Pain will never follow you home. The word refers to in the scripture here, in this particular scripture, it means and refers to labor, toil, or great trouble. It refers to all the diseases, the disappointments, the disasters that we encounter as we move through this world. Well, the good news, my friend, is absolutely none of these things will ever follow us home. No hospitals, no broken homes, no broken hearts, no trials, no tribulation will ever go with us to glory. Notice here, no tears. No tears at all. This is the sum of our blessed and promised state in glory. All the things that drive us to weeping and sorrow here will never be found over there. Oh, sorrow may, may frequent you here, but it'll never bother you over there. Notice with me in verse 8 of this same chapter. Satan. We'll never follow you there. The Bible says, but the fearful and the unbelieving and the abominable and murderers and whoremongers and sorcerers and idolaters and all liars shall have their part in the lake of fire, which burneth with fire and brimstone, 
which is the second death. Now, it's true that much of what happens in this life is just part of living in a sin-cursed world. It's also true that a being called the devil causes the saints of God much grief. Satan's desire is to defeat you. Satan's desire is to destroy you. The Bible says that he is a roaring lion, walking about, seeking whom he may devour. He'll stop at nothing to see you fall. He'll stop at nothing to see you fail. His very names reveal his nature and his desires toward you and me. We see in Revelation 12 and verse 10 that he's called the accuser of the brethren. Daily he is before the throne of God, accusing us before the heavenly Father. The Bible says in 1 Peter 5, 8, he's our adversary. He is our natural born enemy, if you will, even though he's not naturally born. He's very natural to us in this life. Matthew 4 and verse 11, he's called the devil. John 8, 44, he's called the murderer. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 4, he's called the God of this world. In Matthew 4 and verse 3, he's called the tempter. In Ephesians 6 and 12, he's called the ruler of darkness. In Genesis 3 and 4, he's called the serpent. In Matthew 13 and verse 19, he's called the wicked one. He has many other names, and they all tell us exactly how evil he is. He is incorrigibly evil. He is unable to do anything that pleases God, anything that is righteous. But the saints of God can simply call him gone someday because as evil as he is, as powerful as he is down here, he will not follow us to glory. And I want you to tell that old slewfoot, you might trouble me here, but you will not follow me to glory. According to verse 2, the Bible says that we have a new heaven and a new earth. In verse 8, we're given a whole list categorically of sin. Sin, my friend, is another item that will not, cannot follow you to glory. If I ask you, if I poll the audience, how many of you are sinners? Every one of you should raise your hand, and mine included. I might even raise two hands. Verse 2 tells us about the city of God, the new Jerusalem. Verses 9 through 11 tells us that this city is the bride of the Lamb. As far as I can tell, the church is the bride of Christ. 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 2. Here, the city is associated with the inhabitants. Here, the bride of Jesus is pictured as glorious, spotless, and sinless as a bride. And this means that one of these days we're going to be changed. This vile flesh will drop away. There'll be no more appetite, and thank God, no more ability to sin. 
Now let's face it. Every one of us, everyone, the sound of my voice, even those of us who are saved, have trouble with this flesh that we carry about. This is the same experience that the Apostle Paul wrote about in Romans 7, verses 14 through 25, and it's our experience as well. It's as if Paul is having a mental discussion with himself. Oh, wretched man that I am, that which I would not do, I do, and that which I do, I would not. He's allowing us in to his own spiritual life, his own struggle with the flesh. My friend, if the Apostle Paul had struggled with his flesh, then my friend, you're not above the Apostle Paul. You see, when the Lord saved us, he saved us from the penalty of sin. John 5, 24, Romans 8 and verse 1. He also saved us from the power of sin. Romans chapter 6 and verse 14. Well, we also have been saved from the presence of sin. But that great blessing will not be realized as long as we live in this sin-cursed world. According to the Bible, there's coming a changing day for the saints of God. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 48 through 54. There's coming a day when this corruption must put on incorruption. When mortality must put on immortality. Coming to, according to the word of God, this coming, this great and glorious day, this flesh with all of its appetites, all of its affections and allurements is going to drop away forever. When that day comes, all the saints of God will be forever delivered from the presence of sin and will be in bodies that cannot possibly sin. We will be in a body in a land that is free from the blight and the temptation of sin. We will be free. Free to worship. Free to praise. Free to live perfectly for the glory of God. But there's something else we must point out from Revelation chapter 21 and verse 8. Sinner, you cannot follow me home. Now, all of the things that I've told you about today are wonderful, they're glorious for those who are born again. But there's a sad note here to this message because verse 8 tells us that those who die in their sins will not be allowed inside this city. And that bothers me. And it should bother you. But that, my friend, is the price for refusing to believe on Jesus Christ. Notice the fifth word of verse 8. It is the word unbelieving. This word refers to those who are without faith, to those without trust in God. It speaks about those who have never been saved through a personal relationship to the Lord Jesus Christ. 
Jesus himself said that those who would not believe in him would not be saved, John 8 and verse 24. You may have listened as I've tried to preach about this glorious place called heaven and about some of the things that will never be a part of that environment in that perfect land. You might have thought, well, that's a very nice place. I'd like to go there when I leave this world. I just want you to know that unless you come to saving faith in Jesus Christ, you will never go to heaven. You will instead go to a devil's hell. Psalm 9 and verse 17. 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, verses 8 and 9. Friend, it doesn't have to end up that way for you, though. You can be saved. And you can be saved today. You can be saved before the end of this message. You can be as sure as heaven and all of its glories as if you were already there. You say, Pastor, how do I do that? Here's how you do get it done. Number one, you come to Jesus Christ and you say and you recognize that you are a lost sinner. The Bible says in Romans 3 and verse 10, there's none righteous, no, not one. In Romans chapter 3 and verse 23, the Bible says that we have all come short of the glory of God. We are all sinners, every single one of us. And then you must understand that there is a tragic and terrible penalty for your sin. There's a wage you must pay for your sins. The Bible says in Romans 6 and verse 23, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Romans 5.12 says, Wherefore as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. Third, you must realize that God loves you and that his son Jesus died for you to save you from your sins. The Bible says, Romans chapter 5 and verse 8, But God commendeth his love toward us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Then, my friend, you've got to be willing to come to the Lord and confess all to him. Romans 10, 9 says, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Romans 10, 13, Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Would you come to Christ today? It could be a brand new page in your life. It could be a brand new morning for you when you come to Jesus Christ and say, Lord, please, please save me. Save my soul. I want to go to glory. I want to go to heaven. Lord, save me.